Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 156. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions made for and by our listeners. My name is Brett Yanoski. I'm Austin Morales. I'm Luis Gonzalez. And this week on The Inner Gamer, we talk about Battalion 1944, some more Monster Hunter World stories where we dive in and kill some badass beasties. And then the news, Electronic Arts just dumps a bunch of stuff on us. Red Dead Redemption also got its... Uh, actual release date and then nintendo has a bunch of news coming out too and then you know that's always good and then for a discussion topic how streaming affects game design it's a big one there's a lot there there's a lot to talk about and the future is looking pretty bright so without further ado cue the music welcome to It is February 6, 2018. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to support us on Patreon. For as little as $12 a year, you can make this podcast better and even more awesome. And we'll give you some great goodies along the way, such as some free games, some inputs on our discussion topics, or some early access to content. So that's awesome. And you guys should totally go to patreon.com and slash inner gamer. We need that's, you. That's where it's at. We or the internet. Click donate and then you can get there easily. Lu- there. Luis needs you. I do. Luis needs you. I'm very lonely by myself over here in Austin. So All if you would donate to Patreon, I can buy myself a fake friend. Or you can be my <laughs> real friend by shooting me an email at Luis at hello or Luis at the internet. Yeah. <laughs> L-U-I-S. Or you can L-U-I-Z. call me yet. No, I'm kidding. Don't, don't call me yet. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. Just, don't call you. Maybe. Um, Depends who you are. So let's talk about some video games. I have something to share that I was excited about a couple weeks ago. Um, now I'm not as excited about it because I played it and it was slightly disappointing. But Battalion 1944, it just came out in early access on Steam. This is a game being published by Square Enix, and it is developed by a group called Bulkhead Interactive. And this game is meant to recapture the classic competitive shooter and redefine the classic FPS in the World War II era. So thinking back to the days of Call of Duty 1 uh, with the Car 98 where you got to be quick on your feet and small maps and use your cover and all that stuff. Like it's trying to be Call of Duty, um, but the original Call of Duty. And I'm really excited about that because I love playing that game back in the day. It was so much fun. And when I saw this, it looks good. And when I jumped into it, it looks like it has a pro- lot of promise, but man, is this a buggy game. Well, it's early access, isn't it? It is, but I mean, it's really buggy. Like, it's, yeah. it's yeah. buggy. But, yeah. I mean, same, same with Dauntless. I think yeah. it's a good comparison to make with this. I think so, yeah. Dauntless is good. It's fun. It's w- w- pretty, <coughs> I would say it's polished to a point. Yeah. A little disclaimer, but there is some bugs. And I mean, I think it's expected. It, it, I think it's hard to review these games that are already, that are buggy. Yeah. And they're not released yet. I mean, fuck, PUBG is actually released, but it's been well, buggy. It was it's buggy whole, as hell. Yeah. yeah. It's still buggy now, but not as bad. I well, mean, so, so with I'll, that, I'll, I'll jump back to just I had a score. You know, it's got a couple maps. I think there's three maps in there that I've played thus far. I don't think there's many maps yet, but they they have their development roadmap on their website and it showcases that, you know, every quarter they're going to be bringing out a couple new maps, a couple new guns, things of that nature. Now, on the 
loadout and everything, I do like the loadout. It's very standardized where you have your rifleman, you have your grenadier kind of person. Every weapon you pick, you either have your heavy assault rifle, which is either the BAR, the MP44, depending on if you're Axis or Allies. They have the uh, a rifle, which is going to be your M1 Grand or your CAR-98. Um, they have the submachine gun class, which is the Thompson or the MP40. Um, and then they have like shotguns, trench guns, so you can do that style if you want to. And they have a sniper rifle, the Springfield, or I don't remember what the Axis spring like rifle is called but they have the standard weapons that you're so used to and that to me is great and they feel good they they actually play pretty well there's not a lot of recoil to them there's not much differentiation there but just hearing the clink of the m1 grand like you're used to and hearing the uh the sound of shooting a car 98 and getting a headshot from a distance like that's very satisfying um they have different types of game modes. They have like team deathmatch. They have a uh, bomb one where you have to go plant the bomb at either location and it's one kill death kind of situation. Uh, most of it's round based except for team deathmatch. But the issue I had with it is that the map design's not the best. Um, it works, but I feel like you get. I feel like it kind of favors like you run into enemies weirdly like in weird places like there's there's cutoff points in the middle that allow you to kind of cut between sides and then I end up finding an enemy sooner than I even find my teammates sometimes if we get split off wow which was weird and then there's something to it's almost you die too easily so if somebody has a rifle or whatever, I mean, they pop a shot off and you're dead before you can even press the fire button to shoot your machine gun. So if you're a rifleman that's got a really good shot, like you're going to you're going to be far ahead of everybody else and knocking people out. And then you got the sniper rifle, which is even more. I mean, there's no recoil of the sniper rifle. There's no need to even hold shift down. Wow. Like you look at them, you point, you shoot dead. They're they're done. So there's a lot of balance issues that need to be done to this game to make it I think a more well-rounded experience um, but the the groundwork is laid to I mean it's definitely tried and true old school FPS I mean there's no there's nothing fancy here it's it's going back to the roots legitimately um, which for that I do appreciate because I don't have to sit there and worry about a whole progression system and there's none of that nonsense everybody's on an even keel it's just it's skill, you know. It's who who can it's it's reaction times. Who can fight faster and stuff like that. So, yeah, Battalion nineteen forty four guys. That's that's it. So right now it's a delay um, <clears throat> because it is early access. But so you could buy it on Steam or what? Yeah, it's thirteen fifty. So it's cheap. Oh, okay, it's not um, bad. Not it's bad. it's typically fourteen ninety nine, but it's on a slight sale right now. But yeah, it's it's not expensive. So I mean, if you want to just <clears throat> jump into a shooter. The other thing that's wrong with this game right now is the load times are horrendously bad. Um, it like sometimes it could take you three or four minutes to connect to. Well, I mean, I guess if you compare it to Heroes of the Storm, it's not that bad. Yeah, right, right. That takes a while too. But um, it does take a while to load in a game sometimes, especially when a match is only going to be like five minutes. Um, you wait five minutes just to get into a five minute match. That can be a little frustrating. 
but they're working on that. They're getting better. They had a lot of growing pains when it first launched last week. Um, they came out and apologized about how bad it was because they just didn't anticipate the amount of server load that they would hit. And they had to buy a b- bunch of more servers, I guess, to, to match the uh, capacity of or to meet up with the player base that they had. I got a few questions for you. Yes. Uh, how many maps are there? I think there's about three. Do you play all of them? Uh, I've, as I've played three. Okay. I'm assuming that's all there is. Oh, I played okay. a bunch of rounds. I got you. And I only rotated through three maps. I got you. So are they all the same? I mean, what are the what are the maps like? They're 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 different a little bit. One is very f- familiar to Carantan from uh, Call of Duty One. There, it's it's split up. So you have two sides. You go down. One has like a single lane that you go to, and the other side has like a trench that runs through. And then there's like some um, kind of just like a, a open fieldish area that's. For it's like the backyard of a house, and in the middle you have a bridge down the center. So there's like a you know ravine underneath it that goes underneath there. Um, so there's, a, there's some le- level, there's some levels to the map, and then there's houses. They have like upstairs and stuff where you can like have sniper positions and things like that. Blown out sides of the house that you can sit up in. Um, so they have that. That was one of the maps. Another map is mostly open trenches. Um, with uh, pillboxes and things you can run through, but um, it's a lot more sniper friendly in that one. There's there's less buildings to block your cover. And um, the third map was very similar to the first one. Again, a lot of buildings, but just a different map layout. So overall, do you, do you like the maps? I mean, they're, they're good, but they're not, there's nothing special there, but they're, they're easy to grasp the layout. So like once I played the one map, twice like i knew every every nook and cranny to go to the problem that i have with it is um again like when you're sprinting for example and this is makes sense but when you sprint and you go to start shooting there's a couple second delay between stopping from sprinting and shooting Mm -hmm. but in those games i naturally typically sprint around until i get to a period of action and then i start shooting but if you're a rifleman you're quicker than a person that has a thompson or a bar to kill somebody because it's going to take you three or four shots with a rifle with a machine gun versus one shot if you're a really good shot on the rifle. So I felt like I was at a disadvantage because I preferred using the machine guns. But the one thing I've noticed is that hip fire is really accurate in this game. So you don't need to aim down the sights with the rifles. You can just kind of spray. And as long as you're aiming at the guy, you're going to kill him in a couple shots. So I learned that after a couple rounds that there was really no reason to aim down the sights. But I would do I'm so used to coming around a corner, leaning, going around to like prepare myself and then fire off shots. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I don't have to do that in this. I just run around like a wild man and just hip fire throughout the entire map. So knowing that, I think it'll be a better experience going forward but they just got a lot of bugs to work out but there's cool. some potential here yeah so we'll see where it so goes come back to it later yeah it's really yeah. access all you really need is potential it stinks that it wasn't immediately received well like a game for example like they are billions which it's early access as well or games like astroneer which are also early access but if you know the developers are actively saying that they'll make changes and you know the community is going to stick around then i think it's fine especially for 1350 that's pretty awesome yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think if they and they said all the DLC in the future is going to be free. I mean, they got Square Enix backing them, so they got that's that's a good thing. You know, it'll it'll help kind of keep this thing going, so that hopefully over time it'll keep getting better. Um, 
So I'm looking forward to where this game goes. I mean, I have it now, so just got to keep following the updates and hope they improve it over time. And, you know, it's already access, but it says it released earlier. Yeah, it released, but on early access. So that's that's their considered release date, basically. (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so let's go back to some Monster Hunter World, guys. Yeah. That that game is still happening. Hey, so actually, since the last time we talked about it, I haven't played, but I have like a roadmap of what I need to do to get to where I want to be. I think the last time we played, like I just got a new full set of armor, but it's constantly on my mind, dude. That game is just exploded some of my buddies were talking with me yesterday who i know are xbox gamers and they were asking me about monster hunter world because they started playing it and they are not the monster hunter types at all so it seems like monster hunter is really kind of breaking down breaking down barriers already and sort of appealing to um, a mass audience which is awesome right and Austin, I think so too. I mean, speaking of which, they did come out and say that they set a world record and uh, they're doing really well in that they've already shipped 5 million copies in the game worldwide in the three days since it released, breaking a series record. So to put it in perspective, the series itself as a whole, and this is everything since 2004, has sold more than 45 million copies worldwide. And this one has sold 5 million in three days. So jeez. <laughs> Nine percent of the overall sales of the entire franchise happened in three days for this game. We're going on two weeks now, right? Uh, no, one week still. Yeah, we're about to be two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So for someone who just who hasn't played Monster Hunter since I don't know, I, I played one way back in the day, and now jumping into this, uh, me, Travis, and Joe from Nerdsloth, who was also on our uh, Mario Kart stream which you can watch that video now which is live on youtube youtube.com slash the gamer uh we haven't really played monster hunter uh travis did you know he was a pretty big fan back in the day as well but we you know we both jump in there and it's just so easy to just find your party and get to kill the monsters and i love that about this game it, it is for such an in-depth game with a huge world and a lot to kind of explore and learn about the lore and mechanics like it is a jump in jump out kind of game have you done the arenas yet what the arena <laughs> no what yeah so the arenas are up in the gatherers hub at the top and that's basically a controlled arena for fighting a monster type that you want to fight and so me and travis jumped into that because he was trying to get the i keep forgetting the name of it Andorath. Right. Yeah. The Andorath. Yeah. So he was trying to get the full set of the armor and he needed the Andorath plate, I think is what it was for his breast, breast armor, his chest armor. And, uh, so we decided let's jump in the arena. So the arena is this thing where you jump in there and when you start off, you have to go on this like rope thing to go down to this pit area. And there's this, uh, ballista ammo right there before you crawl through this hole. And when you get in there, there's this massive pit, like a gladiator arena, and the monster is down there in the center, just chilling, waiting for you. So you and whoever party you have are in this controlled space. So there's the pit, and then there's like a, a a platform on the outside of rock and stuff that you can like have elevation to. So on the sides, they have like ballistas that shoot arrows that you can shoot at the monster, and there's also cannons with like cannon ammunition that you can load in the fuck so you can fight like basically have like have there's like military positions to set up and attack this monster and this is part where we didn't realize this had we known this was a thing we would have done it better but 
there was a button that Travis found and I was in the pit fighting the monster and he was like chasing after me and trying to kill me and all this stuff. And then Travis found this button and pressed it and these massive ass spikes came out from the side of the walls and like did 550 damage to the monster and just like hit him like straight up and like knocked knocked him for a sec holy, so we could attack him. Holy so shit. They have all these traps and stuff in right. the arena as well. Right. So it's like a controlled Whoa. environment to fight these monsters and you still rather get than going loot? out to expedition. Yeah, you still get to loot and stuff. So if you just want to grind through this i don't think you can always you can't pick which monster you fight all the time but they have certain times they'll have a monster available that you can go in arena with friends holy shit and it's a controlled environment to just fight them wow yeah so that was really interesting i haven't done that yeah so that's that's a that's a whole nother section of quests that you can do um but uh one thing i want to talk about in this game that we didn't talk about last time is how it kind of how it handles teaching you the aspects of the game because you know we talked about how this is a more accessible game right and i'm realizing the further i get into it they start piecemealing new systems that i didn't know were a thing as you go th- progress through the story and everything which i for think example, is pretty cool so for example um i just found out about the uh the fact that i can um add element elemental things Mm. to my stinger so i can attach poison to my stinger and shoot it out at the guy to do poison damage to them or my throwing knives i can apply poison or something to it to throw throwing knives at them or my ghillie suit that i got when i was fighting the toby kadachi or whatever i can use that to like hide myself while i sit there and take potions or whatever i can't i don't think i can do the whetstone but it allows me to disappear for a second if i'm about to die and get killed so there's these little things that they're slowly introducing you to as time goes on um my kinsect i upgraded it and found out now i can he has an aoe healing effect so if i fire the kinsect at the bad guy and my buddies are in there it does a little bit of a healing buff around them and or it can heal me too so there's those options available to you as you like progress through and unlock more stuff. So they're slowly introducing you to new systems. Yeah, your Palico can do different things too. Like Joe has one where he sets down um, a webbed trap with a stun, uh, a shock like grenade in it. So we're finding the Angianath a few times. We finally got jumped into that, dude. That thing is ridiculously, well, not as hard as it used to be, but that like coming off of uh, the Toby Kadashi and the Jagra, the Jagra and the Pookie Pookie right. and the Kulu Takulu. It's tough. Guy, like, when he sits there and blows that fire out. Oh my gosh. Oh man. So basically it's the, the Anjanath is a, a giant T-Rex that has wings and like these little nose flare fins that come up when he's really pissed off <laughs> he jumps around and like digs into the ground and just really fucks you up like you just don't want to be hit by this guy and um joe finally like he upgraded his pet his uh, palico and and he put this down and so every time we're like he, the, the trap's down so we like run over there and like you know obviously the engine comes at us and stuns him and that gives us that chance to like really mess him up so it's cool to see how these palicos can be upgraded too, because mine has uh, puts down little healing wasps. I forgot what the actual name is, but it's like a wasp that holds this healing juice. So like he'll put that around the 
battleground while Joe's cat starts to put these traps down. So it's cool to use these combinations. And then actually, I tried the I tried the insect glaive too, and uh, oh, yeah. it was it was really fun jumping around. The, the, so cool. the insect glaive is the one where you it, you're a little more air- airborne. I had to look at a video because I didn't really right. explain too much about it, and it's cool to know that the insect glaive you can actually stay in the air. After you jump up and you hit the the your beast with uh yeah you can the o combo button, yeah it will continue to stay in the right. air until you miss. It's hard to control that though. Yes, it it's is. It's so hard to control. I've yeah. been trying to like master that, but like especially the An- Anjanath or whatever, like he's hard to get because he moves so fast. Same with the Toby Kadachi thing. Yeah, like he he's hard to keep that combo going right right and then if you send your uh your kinsect at them a couple times you build up this buff and eventually when you get the the buff up to three tiers then whenever you do your um your uh down like on the ground combo or the air combo you start doing a flurry of attacks right right every time you hit right so you just like flurry 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 boost over there flurry 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 and it just combos up like crazy so I was using that a lot yesterday. I was mounting a lot too, and it was really it was a lot of fun. Yeah, the mounting was so satisfying. But uh, so the real story goes when Joe and I were like, okay, let's let's get the Rathalin and the Rathalos, with the which are the the Rathalins, the Rathian, Rathian. Sorry, the Rathian is the the quote unquote the queen of the ancient forest, and the Rathalos is the king, so male female, and. Uh, Raytheon, actually both, we attacked twice and they both end up running away. We're like, what the, like, we cannot kill these guys fast enough. And we're over here, like, you know, knocking off parts, which like lets you know that you're kind of, you know, doing some pretty good damage. And it's kind of like the Nidoran and the Nidorino from Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically, except dragons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And these guys are beasts, at least when I was starting out, the, the Raytheon now is not that bad. It's the, uh, Rathalos, which is just fucking just awful. Anyway, these guys fly around and you're hitting them, you're hitting them, and then you know they have their the tells. If they hit you, they do poison damage and they throw you back. And they got some pretty like intense moves, and uh, obviously they have fire, so you don't want to get fired. I always got one hit by the Rathalos. He he would like come at you, jump back, and then fireball down at the ground, and I would just I'd faint instantly. I've noticed when I started playing the game that I was uh, selling armor all the time, and now I'm starting to save different sets of armor yeah. based on oh, different attacks yeah. and stuff. Yes, so I'm leveling up multiple types of armor. So, like when I fought the uh, the Anjanath, I had uh, fire armor that I had been holding on to, and switched to that and made myself better against fire versus the thunder. I had I have thunder armor and Very I don't nice. have any water armor. I probably should find some of that. Yeah, that's what the Baroth right. But um, I've been mixing and matching and combining different things for different buffs and stuff. So, so the great thing about this game, if you haven't got it already or don't think it's that great after our last discussion about it, is that you know you start progressing progressing through these monsters, and you know now I think like the 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 first three I, I call them the first three the the Yargus the Kulu uh, I'm just gonna call it Kulu. Yeah. Kulu Laku and the Pookie Pookie. Like those guys like seem so tough as you progress up to the Pookie Pookie, uh, which is this like flying lizard uh, Pokemon looking monster. Um, but it's just like after that, like you have these other monsters in this area that are just so <laughs> seems so like 
you could never get there. It's going to take you the whole game, but to get there and to try figuring out these combinations and, and just trial and error, even though I'm not like a really high level or like have this great gear, I'm still able to defeat them after well, a, you know, a long battle, obviously. But And the it, other fascinating part, too, is you are still the same person because you haven't upgraded your guy. You've just upgraded your armor. armor that's made you. Yeah. yeah. That's what's so great about the game. And what's crazy is we're talking about these five monsters are, they're the only ones, but there are so many more and way what more it, intimidating ones. Yeah. Uh, I looked it up. There's 31 monsters in the game, like large monsters. It's crazy, dude. They and I found nine of them so far. There's a lot so of crazy lot. ones, man. Yeah, yeah. They get even bigger and scarier. So that, uh, just wait until like you're fighting all black dragons like that shoot oh, blue flames and stuff at you or uh, thunder dragons like there's crazy no. ones man where's Khaleesi I need her <laughs> yeah just come to in. save my life uh, anyway so well that's that's gonna be it for our games I think um, get it if you haven't got it if you haven't got it get Monster Hunter it's awesome it's really fun come give us a holler don't wait to Patreon I can invite you to then- our our squads you can always squad up with us yes. uh, Louise I need to invite you to our squad by the way do it, man. I'll be playing yep. later. Awesome. Good deal. All right, guys. We're going to be taking a quick break. Coming back with our video game news. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It's time for our video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines in the week in the gaming industry. And we have, starting out, Electronic Arts had a little press thing last week and um, they had some stuff to say about video games and also loot boxes and stuff. So we're going to talk about that. First up, I wanted to mention that they were discussing the Titanfall developer Respawn Entertainment that they recently purchased is uh, working on their Star Wars game and it's going to release by the end of fiscal year 2020 for Q1, which is March 2020 is when it ends. So there will be a Star Wars game developed by Respawn Entertainment, the makers of Titanfall, by March 2020. So the rumor has it is that, or the rumor is, it might come out holiday 2019. The reason they announced this is because Anthem was pushed back to 2019. So it's not coming out this year. It's going to be pushed back further. Uh, Wait, yeah, so they were like, well, no, I take that back. There's something else. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Battlefield's also coming this year. So they pushed back Anthem, and they announced that Battlefield's coming, so they postponed some things. Yeah. So um, we might see Star Wars in holiday 2019 from Titanfall, but not Battlefront 3. That's kind of the theory right now. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what that becomes. And they officially announced Battlefield is coming back this year. We don't know what it is yet. But hope it's modern. I've been really wanting to jump back into Battlefield Four for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like Battlefield One, and I haven't played it as much as I figured I should have been because I was so jazzed about that game when they announced well, PUBG's it. PUBG's taking over your life. Well, yeah, yeah, and now Monster Hunter. Yeah, but I would like to see a Battlefield return to form. Battlefield Four. The the rumor there's rumor going around that says Bad Company Three is going to be the next oh, one. Please, that could be interesting. No microtransactions. Dude, that would be so cool. Yeah, Bad Company was awesome. Um, so either way, I mean, Battlefield to me is the one franchise that AEA hasn't destroyed yet. So we'll see if that that becomes the thing. Um, oh, and microtransactions are coming back to Battlefront too. So <laughs> prepare yourself. Yeah. So apparently, the 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 sales for. Battlefront haven't reached. Yeah, their expectations their pre- were 10 million sales and they made 9 million. So they were like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Nothing is good enough, EA, apparently. 
Yeah, but they're still um, their stock is riding at an all time high. Yeah, isn't um, that crazy? The market's very reactionary for stuff like this, and I don't think because the buying trend is going to stay the same relatively that what any backlash that was that was had is going to going to affect someone like Electronic Arts. Unfortunately, right? It would really take a widespread boycott, like a million people not buying a game. That's pretty substantial but yeah in the grand scheme that's nothing for ea they're a billion dollar company so <laughs> yep um it's unfortunate they also talked about uh what was interesting too on the anthem and um uh battlefield situation is that they came out and said that it doesn't make sense to release anthem next to battlefield which is interesting because I think the reason that they're saying this now is because they learned their lesson when they released Titanfall next to Battlefield 1. Right. And then it just kind of like hurt the sales of Titanfall 2. So I think they're finally understanding that you shouldn't release two of your own games back to back. So they're going to split that out. And that's the reason for the delay on Anthem. So people were like, oh, well, maybe Anthem is going to be shitty and it's not good. No, it's because we have Battlefield, so we don't need Anthem this quarter. Right, right. Um, and lastly there is talk that there could be some inspiration from Battle Royale coming to Battlefield. Oh, They asked him about that, and he came out, the president of EA was like, what PUBG has done in, is changed the level of innovation that changes the way people play first-person shooting games. We've also seen it in Fortnite, so people are clearly interested in it. That doesn't mean just putting Battle Royale on Battlefield, though. Our Battlefield teams are looking at how they innovate, including core gameplay and map design. So there could be some inspiration from PUBG that comes into Battlefield in some form. You just fly into the plane and drop down. That's it. I hope not. Well, <laughs> I mean, it. who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with that? But it, either way, it's it's interesting. So um, the other story we got here, Red Dead Redemption 2. I was predicting May this would come out. Unfortunately, I was wrong. It's been delayed again October 26th. It's dated it's coming out and they released some screenshots. Did you yeah. guys see those screenshots? No, I haven't seen them, oh but I like gosh. this delay. If you I like this delay, I do too. go to our Instagram and I've posted six pictures up there for you to view. Make sure to like, like and follow, and, like and follow. Yeah, I um, think what this will do is this will probably make some of those floating dates that we don't know about. For example, Spider-Man be blatantly obvious, you know, to come into the September, August timeframe. I agree. It also means that we're only going to have one game to play this holiday season <laughs> yeah. for the first time in so long. So I'm not going to be swamped with all this crap. Well, I was thinking of like, what's this going to do for Battlefield? Because Battlefield typically releases at the end of October. So this is going to completely change their cycle. Are they going to try and like push it earlier to they try should. and beat the Red Dead Redemption? They, they should. Thing? Because obviously Red Dead Redemption is going to kill it in sales. Like, right, there's no right. question. It's going to do incredible. And if Call of Duty is making another Call of Duty, they're going to be struggling because RDR is going to... I mean, nobody's going to buy all three of those games. Well, unless you're us and we have a podcast where we talk about this stuff all the time. And, and yeah. But like the majority of people will not be... They'll be picking one of these games. Right. And clearly the pick will be red dead redemption too i right. would think for the majority of yeah i mean i society. think yeah I, I i don't know what the i i, I couldn't guess who would want to play multiplayer over single player and vice versa and stuff like that well and but who knows what the online component of this is going to be i mean that's true the success of gt that. online yeah you know there's going to be something like that in yeah, here true rdr I'm just online excited for the, man, uh, squad up and take attack forts all the time <laughs> it's gonna be awesome fly with the horse jump off get a little battle royale action in yeah. rdr 
that <laughs> they had Battle Royale RDR. Yeah, instead of instead of the uh, electric fence, it's a uh, a bunch of bears chasing after you from the outside <laughs> that pushes you in the circle. Um, yeah, so there we go. Cool. So there's a game that was announced uh, last week that kind of took everybody by surprise. Have you guys seen Not My Car? Nope. Just heard about it right now. Okay. No, that's weird. So Not My Car, I joke, I kid you not, is literally PUBG meets Twisted Metal. Like you're driving I'm sorry. All I think cars. is Rocket League right now minus. Yeah, it kind of looks like Rocket League cars a little ball. bit. But they have guns attached to them and you're in cars and you drive around this map and there's an electric fence and it closes in on you and you collect loot and you're driving a car. So it is PUBG with Twisted Metal oh my interacted. Um I find it really silly, but kind of intriguing. I mean, you literally, you still also drop in from a parachute <laughs> with your car and their, their, their slogan Son is of a bitch. buckle up buttercup. I mean, that's so weird. This could be the next big Twitch sensation. It could be. I have a prediction. I had a prediction last year that there would be five battle Royale games that are released by the end of 2018. So far, this is number four. Jeez. So we just need one more to come out and battlefield. Right. Yeah. Battlefield comes out. Yeah. Cause we got Fortnite. We got this, we got PUBG. We got uh, paladins battlegrounds. So, That's and right. then technically if you want to add SOS, basically we've reached five basically it's, it's true it's not I bet borderlands will have something too oh man borderlands would be an awesome battle royale thing oh shit man too bad you couldn't like copyright PUBG as like a like a, a thing that people it can existed use. before true true daisy and all of those things were basically battle royale before battle royale true right um well on the note of borderlands Elon Musk put out a tweet last week and was saying that so he had this so backstory he has a company called the boring company it's not boring as in like it's a boring company boring is in their boring holes in the ground uh, and this is going to be his company that's helping him build the hyperloop that he said he wasn't going to do but now he's going to do after he had a bunch of people like figure out how it works based on his design documents so the boring company needs money so they're just they sold, put out hats on the internet. They sold a bunch of money off of the, or made a bunch of money off the hats. Then they decided, let's make a flamethrower and put it out for sale. And it sold like hot, they've made like $6 million or something <laughs> off of this flamethrower that sells for $500 a piece. And apparently, um, so people were like, well, what's the legalities of having a flamethrower? Well, as long as it doesn't shoot past 10 feet, it's safe to have. So <laughs> that's not safe still. Like that is still a long ass way. Just saying. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they say. The, I think it's ATF or some, one of the government organizations says as long as it's 10 feet, you're good. So he posted out a tweet that said, um, in addition, the flamethrower is sentient and it's safe word it is cryptocurrency and it comes with a free blockchain. So Randy Pitchford replied to him and said, Elon, I'm going to add this to our next Borderlands game. Super serious. Let me know if you want to write the flavor text. You may have already done so. We'll just lift it from one of your treat- tweets. And Elon Musk was like, sure. And Randy Pitchford said, done. So who knows? We might have it. That's, That's freaking it. hilarious. He'd make a pretty great like just cameo in that game. Oh. Like if they just said, hey, Elon, you want to be a, a character in the game? I, yeah. I think so. I mean, Elon is 
he's he's been so weird lately. I don't know how he has time to do all these things and get his name everywhere all the time. But the things that he gets himself involved in are just so strange. Like he's flying rockets to space. He's building electric cars. He's building a line of semis. Now he's building flamethrowers and he's boring holes. And then he's got seven kids, I think, or six kids or something like that. Holy shit. Like, I don't know how he has time to any do any kids are being neglected <laughs> probably uh he just doesn't sleep man he, he's literally created he, the future that we all imagined like years ago and he's literally started a generation that has yet to come to pass yet yeah. i remember something about uh, maybe i'm wrong and brett you might know doesn't he do like micro naps throughout the day instead of sleeping like a full eight hours or something he might That's do what that I, um I, know I remember reading it somewhere it's probably wrong but yeah i mean he seems like the kind of guy who would do something like that i feel like you might be right on that because i know tim ferris wrote about it in his book the four-hour body where if you as long as it's controlled if you do 20 minute naps every like three hours or something you feel as rested as if you had a full set of eight, like full eight hour set of like eight hour schedule of sleep. However, if you break that cycle even slightly, then you're fucked up for like four days and you, you can't handle it. So you have to be like on a strict regiment to meet those timelines to get that 20 hour nap in four or five times a day. But, um, yeah, he might do that. I wouldn't be surprised. Cause he's up late. I'm sure Donald Trump does it too. Cause he tweets at like three o'clock in the morning. So I would assume he's probably in the same boat. Who nope. Knows? Here it is. Six hours a night, 1am to 7am. That's, That's insane. insane. That's Barack not good Obama for Obama sleeps six hours a night. Damn. Hmm. The freaking man. I try to sleep six hours. I mean, I do it often and I, I struggle. I wake up in the morning. The first two hours are totally not good for me. Yeah. I need to fix mine. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Point is, flamethrowers are amazing, and I'm so so concerned for the people who are buying them. But yeah. I also want to buy one. So. I wanted to buy one too. I was really tempted, but five hundred dollars for a flamethrower that I probably can't use anywhere—probably not a good idea. I Maybe mean, just go to the country and burn some out with that up. attitude. That's true. I just, <laughs> you can oh, use it wherever man. you want, man. It's a flamethrower. Ten feet. It's about you can. That's your in your backyard. Yeah, easy. Can you um, imagine your neighbors? What oh my god! Is this guy <laughs> what is happening? I saw flames across the side of the road on two eighty seven the other day. Yeah, and I was like, man, this is a result of Elon Musk flamethrower right here. <laughs> Probably what it was. Probably. Um, so let's talk about some Overwatch for a minute. Uh, yeah, Mercy's been nerfed. Uh, that means so is Junkrat. And what? Uh. So is Junkrat. So really? is Junkrat. What was his mm-hmm. nerf? I didn't see that that part. I, I, I don't know the, the patch notes. I haven't played Overwatch yeah. in probably four or five months, but I keep up with it because it's a game that is always in the limelight. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it's changed everything. Like they, they, What I like about Overwatch is they're constantly changing things and trying to make sure that a meta is not really a thing, you know? Like... And since Overwatch has existed, there was like, you know, the three tank meta where if you didn't play three tanks, like you were bound to lose. There was the the Anna Reaper meta where you would supercharge Reaper and he would kill people instantly. And then there was Damn. most recently like the dive comp meta where you had to pick three Tracer, um, Genji and like a soldier type um, setup. And you would just kind of dive into the back lines and go at it. Right. Uh, but with this nerf, essentially nothing, no one is necessary anymore. Like it's like for the first time ever, there used to be, there's a, a study that goes out every so often, I'd say about every couple of weeks 
called the meta report where people will look at the play rates of percentages and competitive. And for the longest time, Lucio was like at a 99% because if you didn't play Lucio, you would lose a match. Now it's fairly common for characters not even to reach the 70s range. So I think right now pick rates are in the 50s for most heroes, except for maybe Symmetra. Yeah. Kind of crazy. The fact that there's no necessary picks anymore. Yeah. No, I think it's... Never heard of that before yeah. <laughs> in my life. Well, you know, it's something that I never even realized was going to become part of this, such a part of this game at the beginning. Like, when I first started, I was like, oh, man, these games are... These characters are so balanced. This is great. And then pretty soon I started hearing about all these builds where, you know, you have your uh, your Bastion teamed up with, wasn't it Reinhardt or something like oh, that? Yeah. And, like, all these different combos of people teaming up with these things. And, yeah, you started seeing the same characters always showing up. And... um I'm glad to see that they're evening things out because when I when um, Anna first came out, I I didn't understand her character and how to how to use her to an advantage. But now I totally get her value and see how great she is. And um, who's the one that they just added? Starts with an M. Um, um, the new the new female character that does like mind like healing. Oh, and oh yeah. Um, oh shit! What is her name? Yeah. Well, her she. Uh, I, I could see her getting buff because she seems pretty powerful right now, but I like her character quite a bit. Myra, Mo, Mora, Mora, Moira, Moira. Yeah. Moira. So she's, Moana. No, I'm kidding. She's a good character. I think and I like her diversity. Like I think that's one of the biggest holdbacks with a lot of people on some of these hero characters that are healers is that they just do mostly healing unless you're mercy and you just get a shitload of points for healing. But, um, some of them are a little slower, don't give you enough attack damage. Right. And so people don't like to pick them. But Moira is a good example of a character that does both really well. And that's why I've always liked Zenyatta's for that reason, because he can just like d- throw things out. He's slow, but he's good at attacking and healing mm-hmm. everything. Great support cool. character. So um, it's interesting to see that. There, I mean, I just love that here we are about to be two years after it came out and it's still getting like crazy amounts of support and right, it feels yeah. just as fresh as when it first came out. So, and I'm sure there's a lot more to come. Oh yeah. Maps, characters, Hell yeah. all that stuff. Um, so let's talk about Nintendo for closing out our conversation here. Um, first up, it is confirmed. Nintendo is making a Mario movie with the Minion Studio Illumination yes. Entertainment. So, is there yes. any? Uh, could this go wrong? Like, yeah. you know, you think well, about video animated, game movies. So that's I'm glad that, it's that helps. Yeah, that helps yeah. a lot. But you know, usually yeah. video game movies just bomb. Right. Yeah. From a story perspective, like it'll probably be bad, but I'd totally watch an animated Mario movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, like, you just keep all the same voices and stuff. But I don't know. Like, is voice acting going to be involved? Like, are they going to introduce new characters that, like, I don't know, oh. Ryan Reynolds can voice or something? Like, right. with Detective Pikachu and shit. God, like, please, I don't know how that's going to work. Do that. <laughs> but the the Illumination Entertainment is actually a pretty awesome studio. Like, oh, I yeah. don't really like anything that they put out, but the oh, actual quality me. of the stuff is good, man. Despicable Me is the best. Minions wasn't that great, but Despicable Me is pretty great. But I wonder I, they, what that conversation was like when they came, when they both came together. <laughs> yeah, they did say that uh, it's gonna be co-produced by by Miyamoto and Chris Melodondri. But Miyamoto's involved in it pretty heavily, so I'm sure That's he's good. not gonna let it just fall apart because he loves his stuff and he's awesome. So awesome with that. Um, in addition, they had a big, huge like conversation about money and things of that nature. Um, they're 
fiscal quarter discussion or whatever. And uh, they announced their next mobile game is going to be Mario Kart Tour coming out by the end of Q1 2019, which would mean it comes out by March 2019. So... Um, that makes, I think, five titles. They had Mitomo. They had uh, Fire Emblem he- Fates or Heroes or whatever the mobile one was. They had uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. They had Super Mario Run. And then they had... The Pokemon, technically. Not Pokemon. Well, that that that, well, they had- that they're not counting that as a oh, Pokemon okay. official one. Oh, I got you, got you. What am I missing? There's one more, I think. Mario? I already said Mario. Oh, sorry. Anyway, well, then they got this. So... There's those games, which yes. is awesome. Yes. But I don't know. What do you think about Mario Kart coming to the mobile phones? Could be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's all you really it's need easy. to do is this. Yeah. Like, you can twist your phone <laughs> and that's turning. Like, I think that's pretty cool. Make it more accessible and it's uh, it's still Mario Kart, you know? Yeah. I don't know how, like, it's going to control, but it's simple to begin with. It's literally just go and drift button. Right. That's it. When I started playing uh, Mario Kart on the Switch, I was doing the motion controls for driving that was how i first played my first probably 10 or 15 matches and i was like no i'm gonna go back to steering yeah steering's but i better. still leave the gas active so it just like gases for me so that's nice because i don't have to like sit there and like hold my finger awkwardly on that small joy con with the a button mm. so i just steer and then drift and item huh interesting yeah very interesting yeah and uh in addition Nintendo Online officially launches in September, three ninety nine a month or nineteen ninety nine a year. This will make it to where you can no longer play online for free. You do have to pay, but you are also going to get access to their um, classic games, which they haven't still announced what this is going to be called, other than the classic games section. But uh, it's going to include Super Mario Brothers three, Balloon Fight, Doctor Mario, and other things. Very nice. I didn't think they were ever going to bring it out. I was like, man, they're really, really waiting on this. They are, yeah. I was, I was surprised, but I hope it's, I hope it's pretty solid and refined. Um, yeah, same here. Same fingers here. crossed, they, they do good. I still wish they would do something to where you can connect on the switch with a microphone, but right. I wonder if there's a way they can do a firmware update on that instead of having. I mean, the audio jacks there and your ear pods and stuff have mics on them, so. I don't know. That'd be something I would explore. And um, the Switch has officially outsold the Wii U's lifetime sales. Oh, nice. Yeah. And a year. Damn. A year? Yep. Not even a year because it'll be a year next month. Damn. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah. That is awesome. I am so happy for the Switch. It's amazing. Um, And the last thing, Nintendo Labo. They did a little demo thing where they were talking about what it is. And so as we talked about last time, you know, this is the Labo is this kit. It's pre-developed kits that have uh, an app attached to them to let you build stuff that are like toy-like things. And um, they announced a ToyCon Garage feature that allows you to do rudimentary programming to build and customize your own cardboard robots with simple if-then statements which is awesome, I think, because you're going to get the app, you pay the money or whatever, and then you can build your own cardboard stuff and then use the Joy-Cons to program those Joy-Cons to allow things to happen. So the possibilities of this are pretty huge. <laughs> if <laughs> Brett, then punch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that's that's been written in the code to not be a possibility. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you use a robot, then, yeah, I guess you could do that. Damn so. It. 
I don't know what this. I'm looking at the pictures here in Kotaku, and they have like this little antenna thing that's that's a little cardboard attachment you put on the top of the switch. I'm not gonna lie, that is pretty cool to like immerse yourself that like you're controlling this thing. Right. But I mean, you are, you are. But it's like cool to like I don't know visually. That's I think that's kind of cool. Uh, side note: I was looking at uh, Brian Altano, uh, one of the guys from yep. Podcast Beyond. He he had his, his switch crashed or something of that nature. So he had to send it into Nintendo of America and he was thinking that they would transfer all his data over, but they ended up sw- sending him an email saying we didn't save any of your data. So all of his Nintendo, like all of his Zelda Mario, all his, everything that he has achieved on his, on his first switch completely erased. What? Can you, and he's like, please, please have a cloud system of some kind. Like how hard is it to set up a cloud system for, for this game? Like, I feel like it's not that difficult. Well, it's because it's such a locked system that hackers can't break into it. It's, so it's, that's why it really scares me. Cause I'm like at any point in time, anyone could lose all their data. Like I would just be devastated. That is kind of scary. Actually, if the, if your device just breaks one day. Yeah. I mean, it could be for any reason. It's and I don't, I can just, even back it up anyone on a, you can transfer, but that requires you to have another switch. Another switch I, yeah. I, I think you can do it on, Luis, I don't know if you know, but you can do it on the uh, mini SD. I think that sounds right to me. So back up your switch on the mini SD card for transfer to okay. another switch just in case. But I feel like you have to do that periodically because it's not going to, you know. I was going to say, could you just back up to a SD card and then just keep that SD card? Yeah, for, that's, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you can, but you have to periodically update that SD card with new backup information. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. Play a little, play a little game there, you know? Well, that's, that's interesting. Like, can you do it on the one? I mean, the one that's already loaded, cause I have one loaded in my system right now. So I could probably run a backup to that and then just leave it plugged in. And then if in the event that my switch ever broke down, I would just take that SD card out, stick it in and then load that backup. Granted, it would lose some data if I'm not on top of it or whatever, but right. That would be better than losing everything. Right. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Like right, interesting. right, right. When I was like really in love with Nintendo again, since the '64, it's just like this bullshit. Like 20, 21st century stuff. You know, get get yeah. it right. Come on. I mean, they're working on the Nintendo Labo, man. Look at this thing. It's freaking awesome. I love it. I'm gonna buy the hell out of this. <laughs> 420. Screw getting getting high. I'm gonna play this instead, tw- dude. You know what comes out 420? I know. Don't remind me. What? I forgot. God of War. I know. No, I didn't forget. I just, I was just like, damn it. I, I think I'm going to wait on that game a minute or so. Just a minute. All right. 1201. Segundo. 421. <laughs> Do I? So excited. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's everything. That's all we got for news. It is a lot of news. God damn. A man. lot of stuff, man. It's a very fast start to the year already. With barely February, and so much has already happened. I know there's a lot of games coming out in February that I did not realize were coming, and I'm nervous about that. I'm very nervous. It's going to be a year for sure. So if there's something that we miss, we want to hear from you. Email us at hello at net, and we can talk about it next week. In addition, if you like what you hear, make sure you give us a review and rating on iTunes because that helps us get found in the searches of the Apple Podcast ecosystem. We'll be back after the break with our discussion topic. Stay yep. tuned. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Today we're going to talk about 
something that's uh, been on my mind the last couple of weeks, which is streaming becoming a bigger thing and how it's starting to, we're starting to see it consciously affect video game design. So the reason why this first came to light is because of the game that we talked about last week on our podcast, which was a game called SOS, which is the name of it is the, the genre essentially is a social survival game. So this game is clearly built from the ground up for streaming. So I want to look at this game as well as others and talk about how now that streaming is becoming such a big medium and everybody's jumping onto it with Fortnite and PUBG and Overwatch and all this stuff, how we're going to see game design change in the future and how we're going to see games come out specifically set to be for streaming audiences. Just to know, like I've that. been saying this for years. Oh, have years. You? you predicted the future? Predicted I haven't been it? predicting it. I've been trying to create it. Oh, really? Yes. I actually talked about this in some of our past podcasts about games that need to be turned to streams or developing games for streaming because it's just, it would be so much cooler. Perfect. You know? I, think, I think that you would have a huge, a, a more wider brush of an audience that would come in and actually participate. Right. Because then it's like playing a game itself, you know? That's true. I mean, it can be. And then like games that are, I mean, Dark Souls and stuff like that. Those are games that not everybody can play, but if they can sit there and watch it, which we're going to talk about some ideas that I have for how we can impact the future of games. Oh, anytime you mention on. that damn game, you always just make a gesture at me. I know, I do, because it's just that's Sorry, just wait, my wait, relationship. Do, do you mean Dark Souls? Dark Souls, yeah. I'm do just you, like, you know, Dark Souls, you know Dark Souls? Devin, you, Devin, you, you like the, you like Dark Souls, right, Devin? So just, when he looks at you, yeah. you literally, what I think your of face Devin, is Dark I Souls I Dark text. Souls. I mean, the fact that they're both Ds also, just, I mean, it just makes sense and go on with Brett, your stupid plan that you like d's bro no, no. Oh. Ah. you like it the d oh my gosh you guys are terrible people yeah. uh, jk so uh anyway first thing i want to talk about is this game specifically sos sos is a social survival game and essentially you drop into this game world and you have 30 minutes to survive find a relic survive get an extraction and take off in a helicopter so they added this voice component to it where at the beginning of the game, think of Survivor. It's the actual Survivor Survivor show where you have all these different players in it. You form alliances and stuff and then eventually somebody betrays somebody and they backstab each other just so that they can get not drama and, and do all this drama. TNT. Stuff. Yeah. They know drama. They know drama. So SOS is using that premise but built obviously for a streaming audience. So when you start the game you have a set number of players that all fall in there and they introduce you at the beginning. So there's this couple minute long introduction where they show your avatar and then you have like three seconds as your character does something to vocally say something in the game to everybody else that's playing and then anybody else that's streaming and watching so that's kind of interesting because you could be like i'm gonna kick y'all's asses or you can just say hey i'm i'm here and i'm cool and i just want to hang out with you guys and that, that would be brett's intro yeah that'd be that'd be mine <laughs> hi everybody hi everyone Please so, don't kick my ass. Yeah. So that's the beginning part. And then once you jump into the game, you have the opportunity to, you have to explore. And now there's these zombie things running around that could come and kill you that are just AI. But your ultimate goal is to survive on this island. So you may come up and encounter somebody else and you have voice chat, proximity voice chat enabled. So when you come up next to that person, you can be like, hey, 
I don't want to kill you. I don't have any weapons on me. Let's form an alliance and be friends. So you press a button, you wave at them, and now you're in an alliance. And that alliance can be broken at any time. So you could find an axe and just like chop that guy's head off, but then you don't have a person to help you kill the zombies. Paper thin alliances. To to the I end. love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so that's the ultimate premise of this. And I find it so fascinating because one, you're talking to random strangers and they easily enable that communication. And then two, you have that, there's this moral dilemma there because one, you've introduced yourself at the beginning and two, you have a name. So if you are streaming this video, you could become known as the guy that I'm a friendly guy. And then at the end of it, I cut people's heads off. You could backstab gain them. the moniker betrayer McFuckstick. Exactly. Hey, there's that vertigo SFX guy. Oh, He's a betrayer. Yeah, look, look at that. There's, there's betrayer McFuckstick. Betrayer McFuckstick. Exactly. So, I mean, what, what, what are y'all's thoughts on this kind of idea and that this game is designed around that concept of let's jump in and watch these guys. Wait, was it solely made for this reason for streaming? Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, it's like built I for think, that. I think it's great. I mean, I think we need more of that. I think as Twitch and streaming in general, you know, we have Facebook coming out, trying to come out with their thing and then Apple's trying to come out with theirs. You know, it just makes sense to make more games like this. Yeah. Apple executives are coming out. Sorry, Apple executives. Former Apple executives. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So something about this that's interesting is the the audience interaction that they have. So in it, um, if you're a streamer or just a character with charisma or whatever, you can be watched by a lot live audience that can affect gameplay. So if you entertain the crowd, the crowd that's watching can actually interact with this world. (laughs) So they can say, hey, you're really cool. I'm going to give you some resources and stuff like that. Uh, You realize that you're basically describing the Hunger Games right now. (laughs) Oh, no, it totally is. Like This is the Hunger Games in a game. Wow. I thought PUBG was, but no, I was wrong. It's this. Yeah, until audience sponsorship can come in and be like, oh, let's give him an awesome gun. So on that note, I want to pick your brains about this. Like, think about if you're a huge streamer and you have this massive following. Yeah. Don't you think they're going to get favored over the other players? Do you mean like District 1 where they have all the amazing, like they have all the money (laughs) and all the sponsorships and they usually win and all the other, all the other districts are shit and deserve to be shit and are treated like shit. Do you mean that? I I do mean that. Okay. I mean, did we not learn anything from Hunger Games? I mean, clearly we did not. I we mean, decided to make a game about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that is just fascinating to me that I mean, you can build. I mean, you have your name. Your name never changes. So the more games you play, if you are a terrible person and you are streaming this or people are tuning in and watching this, you could build a reputation for being an asshole or you could build a reputation for being the super nice guy that ends up getting backstabbed every time at the end of the game. Well... I mean, Logan Paul's an asshole, and he's got a huge following, so I imagine it'll be kind of a... Maybe people like watching the asshole play. Maybe. I don't know. Everyone's like, yeah, stab this guy in the back now. Stab yeah. him in the back now. Now, yeah, now. kill him now. Kill him now. So is this, is this a game that you guys would play? Like, Absolutely not. It? No. Okay. Yeah, 100% no. I, I got to get in on this. I want to see what this do, is all you about. You do? Oh. <laughs> I do. I want to see what this is about. Well, because the, the uh, you know, viewer interaction is what is something I've been saying in the you know, here on the podcast for a while and having people be able to engage in this world, like change it up, uh, in, in a voting fashion, I think is better. Like, let's have a vote for this, like for this action, let, like, uh, let's change it from 
you know, day to night or from, you know, mist to rain or, you know, let's send a fireball from, from the heavens and, you know, to, you know, create an opening in the earth where lava will come out. I don't know. Some bullshit like that. It changes the way that you have to play the game. So the players are always on their toes. They never know what's going to come at them, you know, something like that. Yeah. And that way it's kind of like a game. Like you get, everyone gets pumped to see something happen and for this to kind of just bring in a care package or something. Yeah. Which I don't know what the limitations for that are. See, I, I mean, there, there's definitely uh, now there's going to be, but now that this is something that's consciously being thought of in game right. design, I feel like we're going to see more of that stuff happen. So, right. um, let's transition to the next next segment of this, which is other games that are doing stuff like this. So, um, Amazon specifically, Amazon Game Studios is working on a game called uh, Breakaway. I have the notes on there. I can't see it. Breakaway. Breakaway. Um, the uh, Breakaway is a game that is literally being consciously designed with streaming in mind. So it's a game in which you have an arena. It's like a sports kind of game. And they purposefully made it to where the play space is on screen. So there's no transitions of cameras or anything like that. They also put it in there to where um, you have a... They were going to have it to where there was multiple like relics and things that you can pick up and move around, but they liked the idea of the fact that as a streaming audience, giving them a central focus to look at. So one relic versus multiples. And this, as if you think about it, is akin to other sports stuff. You have one ball, you have, that's the thing. And that's what everybody's focusing their attention on. So that's the pro- thought process that they had in building this game is that let's give them one focus. Let's make the screen not move. Let's do all these things that will tie into something that people can sit there and watch and not be overly distracted by. I mean, we talked about with Rise of Esports, Overwatch being so fast paced, they're cutting around from different camera angles all the time. You know, that could that is there ways to make that better? I don't know. But these guys are building this game so that you can sit there and watch this. And there's short break periods so that, like, a game's not going to be 20 hours long. It's going to be short enough to where an audience member can come and watch that and then be able to cut away without losing attention too quickly or whatever. Um, so that's... They're putting a lot of money behind that. Like, Twitch is actively going out and paying people to build games for their platform. Twitch has just like become this gigantic powerhouse of like, here's money, here's money. We want things. Yeah. Billions of dollars. How much do they pay for uh, Overwatch League? $90 million. God, God Jesus. <laughs> I don't know where. Yeah. I feel like in an, like over a night they became just gigantic quadrillionaires. I, they, well, I mean, cause Amazon bought it. Feels them. like that. So Amazon uh, owns it right, now. So, right, I mean, right. they're like tied in together. So okay. Yeah. So then Amazon's just like money. Yeah. I mean, they're Whole Foods, Twitch, this, voice technology. <laughs> Whole Foods. They're literally my entire life. They're yeah. taking it over completely. <laughs> oh, they totally are. Do you have an Alexa? I don't have an Alexa. Oh, Mostly man. because uh, Alexa's like, it's like too risque of a name for me. Like Siri <laughs> sounds pretty cool. What's the Google Home person? Is there a Google Home? It's, it's just, just hey Google, Google, right? Yeah, I can't say, hey say Google. Google, so I can't get that one either. So yeah. I'm just not getting any of them. Dude, I just don't like the names. Like, why couldn't it be like, "Hey, Steve"? <laughs> like, well, because that hey, going off all the time. It's like I was I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they yelled out "Alexa" really loud. And like in South Park, South Park did that episode making fun of the fact that if you say this, it's going to trigger everybody's systems everywhere. Well, that's what that the, was uh, happening. Yeah, that's yeah. what Burger King did. Yeah, oh, for scammers. their ad campaign was the "Hey, what? <laughs> hey, Alexa, what's in a Whopper?" And, 
Can you imagine, like, hey, Alexa, buy this. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, hey, Alexa, buy four couches. <laughs> four couches purchased. <laughs> or South Park. Hey, Alexa, buy sweat hairy ball- balls or something. Like that. That's what they had. Yeah, I love it, dude. So bad. There are some games, though, mm-hmm. we were talking about this being built specifically for streaming. Like Jackbox Party Pack is a great game that streamers play that yeah. didn't maybe necessarily have streaming in mind when it first came out, but it definitely has streaming in mind now. It's funny like, that you'll audience. Cons- you'll consistently see the Jackbox Party Pack games being played yeah. uh, on streaming sites. They're consistently like top 10, top 12. Like today, since it's Saturday, most streamers are doing like variety streams. So that'll probably be what's going on right now. They'll be playing something like that. But I, I think it's a super interesting concept. Uh, you don't really build games around anything these days. It's just I want it to be this type of game um, with these types of engines. But to build it with a particular platform in mind is pretty cool. And yeah. it's got a couple levels to it too. And I'm thinking of like what... I mean, there's there's obviously limitations involved in this because you can't have a a game like The Last of Us built for streaming necessarily because you don't want to ruin the story for other people that aren't no. tuning into well, that Well, and it's not necessarily a streaming type game in my opinion where, right. I mean, yes, it's very story driven, but in between those cutscenes, there's a lot of you just kind of traversing areas that might get boring to people watching. Right, right. So I'm wondering, um, you know, what... Trying to like, what are some other games you guys can think of off the top of your head that aren't necessarily built for streaming, but have all the like recipes that we've kind of talked about already for streaming? Like the first thing that comes to mind actually is Pyre, but I don't think it necessarily is that way because it's not online co-op, if I remember correctly, or is it online? Can you do two play online? Uh, you can play online okay. uh, against other people. So I wonder if. Does that have streaming potential? I mean, I know it's like a sport deal there, but I mean, yeah, is it... I mean, there, to an extent, kind of. Like, it was streamed a little bit, but it, I think most of that potential is in what does, like, what do you decide? Like, if you're, you know, getting to a point in the game where you need to exile a certain person or you need to uh, allow someone to, you know, be, I already forget the trumpet, I guess. Um, so, like, for example, you can pick team members. Like if you're at that juncture and you're trying to decide that kind of stuff, I can see the streaming potential there. But as far as the gameplay goes, I mean, it's just it's pretty standard. Like it's right. not really anything that's. I mean, it's kind of exciting, but it's not super exciting. Yeah, it's still a great game, but a game like that, <clears throat> it's more akin to to streaming. Basically, anything that involves choice, right? I think it's yeah. good for streaming. Yeah, I think survival horror games would be a fun streaming oh, yeah. platform to do. You know, watching people play like the new Resident Evil or... What's that oh, game God. Supermassive was making? Oh, The Impatient is designed for that kind of mindset. It's VR. But Alien like, Isolation would be a damn good one. Yeah, Inpatient came out. Yeah, Inpatient did come out. Alien, Ice- Alien Isolation would be good. I heard they're making a new one. I forgot. I read it somewhere. Something More Isolationer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I want to talk about... This is an article we were going to talk about in the... Um, news topic but i think it's good for this moment caffeine the thing that you posted about so caffeine is a new social broadcasting platform that's trying to compete with twitch and and now facebook's and whatever they're doing but um their mentality with this this is from two apple executives former apple executives one of which was the lead on the apple tv platform um so he's got some experience in this kind of content um they want to make simpler safer streaming so I've signed up for the beta of this and I've logged into it and what I've seen so far really doesn't have a lot of breadth to it. 
but yeah, what does simpler, safer streaming even mean? Yeah, so <laughs> that's a very broad. Well, they go they go into like the, the toxicity that you have in Twitch and how it's very hard to weed that out, and then and I guess they're hoping to kind of make it more of a. This is a bad term for it, but a safe space where like people aren't going in there and just cussing you out and dissing on you and calling you, you know, obscenities that, you know, that a lot of streamers re- of recently have been doing. Um, that's what their goal from what I read. Yeah. So here's a quote from what, what the company said. They said caffeine is a social broadcasting platform, meaning that people, not content, are the center of the experience. Users find content because of the people they follow in their social circles and come together to experience that content. I don't know if I'm behind that. Really? Yeah. How come? It's focusing on people, not content. Yeah. I, I, go, I go to Twitch for content. You don't want to watch? You don't want to hang out with your friends online? You don't want to. If I want to hang out with my friends online, I'll hang out with my friends online. We'll just play Monster <laughs> Hunter Three until our eyes bleed. But I, I'm not gonna like sit here and think, "Gee, what do I want to go to Twitch for?" Uh, let me see. Oh, that yeah. guy. Oh, I'm gonna go watch Austin. Well, yeah. So Austin, go make coffee. <laughs> yeah. On Twitch. <laughs> oh man, I'm so inter- I'm so entertained. Oh man, Austin, just yeah. That's actually interesting. So yeah, it brings me an idea of like the future. This is some Black Mirror shit or something where you're, 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 you get a notification we saying go. that Austin's about to go fight a fire. Tune in now and watch him live. <laughs> my <laughs> gosh, can, I'm here. And we can all like like and send hearts at you. As <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just have a drone bot. Just no. Zzz, yeah. Just this one little person. drone bot constantly <laughs> by you. Just constantly watching your shit. I'm getting uh, notifications up here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mom. Thanks for watching. Brett's about to make his blue apron. Tune in now. <laughs> that would be the weirdest thing ever. It's kebabs. <laughs> oh, they liked it. Oh, I gotta do. I gotta do a better job now. I gotta, no, I gotta flip, flip the pan. Yeah, flip, Absolutely yeah. not. Um. So one of the other things I mentioned no. was uh, their their idea behind that is that there's no endless feeds of meaningless comments. Which Twitch does get that way. If you have a thousand people logged into it, you just have a stream of like just nonsense yeah, coming through the feed, right? <laughs> Um, so this is going to be personal conversations with friends and creators are given preference, enabling more meaningful social engagements while disposing of toxic chatter. So I don't know what exactly that means because I wonder if like you have a friend group or you have a growing list of friend group people that you connect with and then you jump into this content creation area. Does that mean the content creator can only has one group of people that are watching him or can he like isolate a group to have siloed conversations between different people I just I don't know See, that, just, actually that's interesting I, I wasn't even thinking about that like they're grouping yeah. off certain people like here's all the shit bags they get to talk to each other by themselves <laughs> and there's all the people actually want to have a thoughtful discussion over here yeah that's interesting I mean, because I think of... I just thought there's some kind of spam filter in there that's like more upgraded to the point where no. Or maybe there's a rating system where like, I don't like this motherfucker, so one star. Yeah. This commenter. That that asshole. (laughs) Give that asshole one star. Yeah, screw this guy. Um, I don't know. It's... I'm curious to see where they take it because that... This is... The streaming platform is designed to where you can stream on your phone, you can stream on your computer, you can stream on your everything. I mean, it is an everything streaming platform. So I don't know how that's going to work. We'll I, see where I, it goes. Maybe there's a market for it. I mean, I'm sure there is to some respect. I just, I, I, 
I get what they're trying to get away from, but I don't see how they can stop the exact same things from happening. Yeah. Um, I don't see how you're going to get 50,000 comments to not stream through your shit while Austin continues to fight fires and you continue to cook Blue Apron. Dude, I love Blue Apron. So not not sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us, we'd be more wow. than happy to talk <laughs> no, about your stuff. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. Just give us My free name food. is Brett, and I love Blue Apron. Mm-hmm. Hello at TheInnerGamer.net. You can reach out to us. <laughs> um, we had someone over there with a the plate of food just to whoop. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the kebabs I was yeah. just talking about. Ooh. <laughs> so... The next, the next part I want to talk about is where do we see this? Like, what are some ideas we can take this concept to in the future? So we talked about uh, Quantum Dream and how all of their games have this choice in mind. And I'm think, envisioning a future where, like we talked about the voting and stuff like that in SOS, where you are playing a game and you as the player who is streaming this content can have people tune in and watch you and drastically affect the outcome of said game kind of like when you play you do D with us you are affecting our pathway as an individual but what if that was switched where we instead as a group affect your individual experience in that game so oh we, we do that as a group we do that when we play well, that's don't, don't make it seem like you fucking don't railroad everything that i make but that's that's a story for another time. No, it's, I mean, it's possible. They, I mean, hell, if you look at the things that Twitch has already done with certain games where Twitch played Dark Souls and they did their own voting on like what the character did. I mean, they made it all the way to the end and actually beat the game, right? which was impressive. So, I mean, there's ways that this, this really infused social interaction with these, with this streaming mentality. I mean, yeah, there's great possibilities with it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of games out there that could possibly either be made or could be tweaked to be a streaming platform. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think it's a, a for better or for worse question. I think it's just more like what, to what end or what utility do we start using it moving forward? Right. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see as these things start coming out, will I find myself doing more watching of streaming versus not? Because I mean, going back briefly to the caffeine conversation, if they are able to make their meaningful conversations in that chat side, dialogue box i might be more engaged with that like i i don't want to tune in and watch somebody like uh who's the big PUBG guy not dr disrespect but well shroud shroud there we go yeah so like watching him i like to watch him because he's really good at the game but i don't like sitting there watching this endless stream of comments coming down the sidebar because there's i've never understood how those like big with. streamers like the you see those just giant gigantic oh, keep up, like, things of mm-hmm. comments like but they but they they respond waterfall. to some of them every now and then yeah. they just look like well, you see them look over they're filtered oh. they they filter so if you are a certain type of paid subscriber uh you'll only see the stream of those comments oh, so there's gotcha. like different tiers and i believe as a streamer you can turn off which tiers you want to see God. so he'll just say yeah. i'll see these comments and like he can still see another stream of all the other ones but he probably won't read them because most of it is spam and like people just putting stuff yeah but those comments are actually uh, a pretty big part of like why twitch is so interesting oh yeah the comments are like yeah they're toxic and stuff but there's like a a nice little community in the comments themselves it's kind of weird but yeah yeah. our D D streams have had some good comments people enjoying 
what we've done so far. So I mean, and engaging. I mean, the yeah, his his uh, Panther wouldn't have had a name if it wasn't for That's our true. stream audience. So. <laughs> or Elda, um, I really enjoyed um, when we were doing the um, uh, the twenty four hour uh, <laughs> game stream. Yeah. Um, my, oh my gosh. my, yeah, that was rough. My time period where I was playing Dark Souls and somebody was actually awake sitting there talking lore with me back and forth. Like, oh, I didn't know that about this. Oh, what a really cool observation. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty kind sweet. of, yeah. I did not expect you to be awake person at 530 in the AM as whatever, whatever fucking genius decided we're going to do a 24 hour stream on daylight savings time when they <laughs> we yeah, that gained wasn't, a fucking that hour. Plan. That, that was the greatest idea ever. That was awful. <laughs> So it was really 25 hours oh, of man. gaming. <laughs> I woke I up just it. in time to like see Luis. I'm like, all right, Luis is almost done. Another hour ticks over. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and you jumped uh, on the comment there to tell me too. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Well, um, I don't know. Does anybody else have anything else to talk on this subject for now? Or do you want to? I, I, I'm just trying to think of like other ways that we could progress past what we've already said. I don't see much besides just voting. Eyes, you know? eyes to the horizon, man. Let's just see what, yeah, what I, other con. I mean, this this game is obviously going to be a tip of the iceberg experience. I think. I mean, there's going to be a lot more people who who decide to move forward. A lot of developers who decide to move forward and say, you know what, let's make a streaming game here. For, you know, here moving forward, like. Um, uh, like the guys who make Cuphead, a, the HRM Studios guys, those, I mean, that, I think that'd be freaking great to what make, uh, let them make some more games that would be primo for streaming. Right. I got it. Yeah. IRL voting. Wait, what? IRL voting. Mm. IRL. IRL. In real life. Voting. Yeah. yeah. It's typically like, All right, guys, we're going to go out today. Should I take my oh. green car oh, or okay. my moped? Yeah, yeah. So it's again Black Mirror, man. Yeah, it's I know, like right? It's just Black literal. <laughs> that kind of happened already, though. Fire? <laughs> remember, remember that <laughs> video we made a long time ago, the press start for that twenty-four hour or forty-eight hour uh, mm-hmm. competition. Yeah, yeah. Where we had the lady that. Uh, so we did this video. I don't know if you guys saw this video or whatever, but a long time ago we made this video for this competition where it was a video game video called Press Start, and this lady was running late to do her this go fight this person for whatever reason and so she would go outside start her car drive off her car would break down so she'd go open up her trunk and then dialogue options would pop up in the real life and be like would you like to pee in the radiator or do this <laughs> thing and we had these different options they had to select so it was yeah. all based around this that's a slippery slope it, it is do you want to make toast or shove knife in toaster <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that could be that could be interesting. Um, like that's, <laughs> could be interesting. That, that scares me because yeah. so it's a game yeah. idea or a Devin shoving a knife. Yeah, in a let's toaster. yeah, let's put a, all of the above. Let's put some limits on that. All of the above. Okay. Um. Anyway, so that's going to be it. That streaming is obviously a big part of games, and it's going to be more and more integrated as time goes on. Because, I mean. It's, it's and it's, it's popular. There. I mean, yeah. again, let's Kids look at it. our let's look at our Slack chat and see how many times that uh, Luis has brought up streaming to us hey. on here. What? Sorry. Sorry, I like to be a well-rounded <laughs> gamer and do all the gaming things. <laughs> I bought a PC for you, fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, if you, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely should. I wrote about my time as a PC gamer in the last year. It's a great article. It's it very good. Especially that. as someone very who very loves PCs and seeing someone else. Yeah, it makes me miss PCs. Join the gaming master race. Now yeah, it's say. funny seeing Devin last online 150 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Dang, man, you gotta get on that. You gotta, you gotta get on right now. It was a great. <laughs> hey, I would love like to spend. <laughs> I would love to spend my money on parts to buy P. A, to build a PC. Unfortunately, too many fucking games have been coming out. Yeah. Yes. It's very true. It's bad. Anyway, that's going to conclude our discussion topic this week. If there's something that you want to hear us talk about, you can email us at hello at theinnergamer.net. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can also donate to have a discussion topic added into the pool of stuff, which soon. It, yeah. You get to choose we'll what we talk about. about. Exactly. Can, can you actually get to yeah. <laughs> make decisions about our streaming lives? So, hey, there you go. It's God perfect it. for a mere whatever that tier go, was. Go on. Go on. Get to the outro. Yeah. Um, don't forget to check this out on video format, youtube.com slash the inner gamer on Thursday. If you are watching... Don't forget to head over to theinnergamer.net for our full podcast episode of our weekly game impressions as well as blog articles and all of our other great content. It is awesome. If you like this video, please like and subscribe oh. as we all these do effects. magical right it's motions. It's on my head. Oh. Yes. It's around here somewhere. So it's always that's on it, my guys. Head. Um, you've been watching The Inner Gamer, so thank you guys for Thanks, tuning guys. in. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and girls. And Women and men and dogs and cats and artificial intelligence. (laughs) And AIs. And AIs. (laughs) And Russian spam bots. This is for you. Yeah. And probably Alexa and Google and Siri. (laughs) And Facebook somehow. I don't know. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. We have... Five games coming out in the next week. One is on February 9th. That is Dragon Quest Builders coming out on the Nintendo Switch. In this nice. game, it's basically Mario Craft, Minecraft with uh, Mario Craft. That's Mario a new Crafts. one. I know, right? That'll be coming out. In, yeah, uh, the game's been out for a quarter. while on other platforms. It was received really well. So if you're into Builders, then definitely jump in. Hell yeah. Um, on February 13th, day before Valentine's Day, don't forget those roses, guys. If you have the the lady to impress with your roses or in game, you can also do that in certain games. Stardew Valley, you can romance people. So that's very very nice. Um, February 13th, we have four games coming out. First up, we have dynasty warriors nine on PS4, Xbox one and PC. In this game, you will experience an immersive open world adventure adventure (laughs) featuring one versus thousand style action. The player will explore China as it existed when feudal warlords vied for dominance over the land. Um, yeah, that's a mouthful. Dynasty Warriors Nine. That's that's a lot. Um, it's been around forever. I feel like it might be the ninth one in a series. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, that's I, just I, me. That's I'm, I'm have to do some research on that, but it's probably that's probably the case. Man, I played a, a dinosaur, Dynasty Warriors uh, use map settings game type on StarCraft One back in 2000, which is crazy. So Dynasty Warriors has been it's a dynasty. It's been around forever. Um, <laughs> it is a dynasty. The Fall Part 2 Unbound coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. This game is an indie game that is a sequel to another one where you are an AI that has broken free of your shackles. Now a human 
user from across the global network has attacked and infected you with an error redacted. Make a new rule, save yourself, hunt them, end them, do anything, use anyone, become unbound. The fall part two will break your protocols. This is a side-scroller game. Um, I don't know much about it, but the first one got a lot of reviews that are really well-received and awesome. So I have my eye on this game as well for next time. Uh, next up, we have Kingdom Come Deliverance. This was that Kickstarter game that came out, and it is finally releasing on the 13th, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. This is a story-driven open-world RPG that immerses you in an epic adventure in the Holy Roman Empire. Avenge your parents' death as you battle invading forces, go on game-changing quests, and make influential choices with a badass combat system, as I've heard. And last but not least, Switch, PS4, Xbox One. This is a PC game that is now coming out on consoles. Owlboy. Yeah, about time. A story-driven platform adventure game where you can fly and explore a brand new world in the clouds, pick up your friends and bring them with you as you explore the open skies, overcome obstacles and greater enemies in one of the most detailed adventures of the era. Yep, Owlboy was uh, incredible on PC. It was extremely well-received and it's been stuck there for a while. We've talked with the developers and we have some interviews up actually on YouTube with the Owlboy uh, fellas, so you should go and check them out, but... This is what I'm super excited for, man. This is a perfect Switch game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We have we got a review copy for this game, but I'm totally going to buy it on the Switch. Yeah, like, well, it's funny because I already bought it on the PC, but I haven't played it yet, and now I'm just going to buy it on the Switch because yeah, I just, want it there. I mean, it, you support these guys. They did a fantastic oh, yeah. job on, on this kind of on this game, so, I mean, it's well worth the money spent. It's probably going to be like 20 bucks, 15 bucks, something like that. Yeah, I think it's a fat 20, but... It's definitely worth it. Oh, yeah. It looks beautiful. So that's going to wrap up our show this week, everybody. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. Visit TheInnerGamer.net for our latest episodes, blogs, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend. If you leave us a review on iTunes, you might get a shout out on the podcast. So enticement right there. You know, that's pretty awesome. Next, Patreon. Yes, we also have a Patreon, as Brett said. It's, it's set up for a way for you, our listeners, to donate to the cause in order to bring you all the great content you want to hear and see. Even a dollar a month, that's $12 a year, will help us keep this content coming at you every week. Good Plus, if you support us, we have some awesome rewards waiting for you, such as being a guest on the podcast or getting exclusive content. There's also drawings to win a game. And uh, so just head over to thegamer.net and click donate to contribute. My name's Austin Morales. My name's Brayden Oski. My name's Luis Gonzalez. And for... Devin Dury, you've been listening to The Inner Gamer. The Inner Gamer. Inner Gamer. God, sorry, guys. That was really <laughs> off. I thought we were going to harmonize, guys. Oh, this is a harmonize. Oh, well, Devin left, dude. I know. Uh, I'll coordinate. We have to have like band practice before. Yeah, we need to do that for sure. I'll just uh, I'll bring my metronome and be like. Gamer. Oh, yeah. 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 You got to start some, awesome. yeah, some octaves.